Amen. Thanks, Ashish. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord, for, for your church. Thank you for these people that have come here today on Christmas uh, Sunday. Thank you that they are great and wonderful, and you love them, Lord. Pray that you'll bless them this morning, that you'll give them ears to hear what you have to say today, Lord Jesus. Thank you. So, uh, Merry Christmas. What's the matter? Can you hear me okay? This is my first time using one of these. I'm trying to look like Brittany. Is that better? The hats can help with keeping it in place. Um, my name is Adam. Uh, my wife, Lukey, and I are on the leadership team with James and Lee. They're in England at the minute for Christmas. That is where we are actually happen to be from. They're in a different part of England right now. So we hope they're doing great, having a nice relaxing time. Um, so you guys got the great privilege of hearing my first ever preach anywhere. So thanks for coming. Um, so a little bit about myself, as I said, Luke and I are from England. We have a beautiful daughter, Talia. Um, we've been here in Canada two years. Um, I have a job at the airport, um, and we just love Lifehouse. We love being part of this community. We have a life group. We really love our life group. They are the best people. Um, we just love getting stuck in with the church. Guys, if you want to feel loved and included, get involved with the church and serve the church. Join a life group because that is the best place. I just want to plug that because I feel very strongly about it. So, my first preach is probably, it's a good topic because it is the most influential, the most significant, the most important thing that has ever happened since the creation of the world. And that is Jesus, who is God incarnate, coming to earth to be with us. I'm going to read a story about it. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people, just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he do it? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, and trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, into the darkness he came. And there, in the stable, Amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. A baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course... He had. Now, 
Why would God do that? Why would God become a person in this incredible miracle, which is, there's no other record of anything like this happening in any other faith or any other time in history, God himself coming to earth in the form of a human? Why would he do that? It's love. It's because God loves us. Because God loves you. Individually, he loves you. And he sent Jesus to come into the world for you. And that is the main point of my talk. God loves you. And if that's the only thing you want to remember, you can leave now and you can remember that God loves you. So much that he sent Jesus disguised as a baby because God disguised himself as a baby. So I've got some Bible verses to back that up. Because don't just take my word for it. You should probably read the Bible. Just make sure that what I'm saying is true. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Or you could read it, Christ Jesus came into the world to save people. Because none of us are perfect. And Christ Jesus came for each one of us. Luke 19 verse 10. The Son of Man came to find the lost people and to save them. This verse is at the end of the story of Zacharias in the Bible, who was a person that a lot of people considered not a very nice person, but Jesus loved him and showed him love. Titus 3 verse 4. When the love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteousness, but because of his mercy. God loves us because he loves us. He doesn't love us because we are deserving of love, or we're nice people, or we're good people. He loves us because he chooses to love us. And that is the only reason that he loves us and the reason that he came. Also, John 3.16, which we heard in the play just now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever will believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I'm sure you've all heard that one before. That's quite a famous one in the Bible. Um, an interesting point in this one as well, actually. When it says, for God so loved, people think, oh, he just loves us so much, so he's just going to do this for us. But actually, it's because God loved us like so. So he is showing us how he loves us. Therefore, he sent his son. This is how he loves us, in sending his son. It's not because he loves us, it's how he loves us. It's not like a, oh, you just love you, you're so cute. He loves us so strongly and passionately and with a fire that he is single-mindedly determined to come back and rescue us. I don't know if you've seen the movie Taken. I like that movie. But basically, Liam Neeson's daughter gets kidnapped and he just goes on like a rampage and beats up a whole bunch of bad guys. The whole movie is just him beating up bad guys to, to get his kid back. And the point is, in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and they let sin into the world, sin kidnapped God's children. And sin has been feeding God's children lies that we're not good enough or we don't deserve God or he's a bad father or he's strict. But actually, he 
loves us and he is fighting for us and he has come down to fight sin and destroy sin, destroy death and reconcile us back to himself. The Bible uses the word to atone us and that means to put us back at one, put us back together with Christ. And if you're here and you're thinking, well, it's not really, not really me. God doesn't really love me. Like, I'm not one of those people. I'm not good enough. I don't go to church. Then maybe consider the shepherds in the story. Shepherds were not very desirable people. Generally, the community shunned them. They were out on on the hillside because no one liked them, a bit smelly, looking after the sheep. And God could have chosen any group of people in any point of time in the whole history of the world. And he chose to show these shepherds his amazing display of angels and send them this good news first. They were the first people to know. And we heard a verse earlier. I think Abby read it for us. Luke 2 verse 15. I'm going to read that to you as well. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well... That was clearly a mistake. I don't know why the angels came here to tell us, to us smelly shepherds. Probably a mistake from God to send the shepherds there. Oh no, sorry. That's not what they said at all. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this child because God has shown us and he clearly wants us to know. So let's go and do that. Let's go and do what God says. And they went off and they witnessed the most incredible thing that's ever happened when Jesus was born. They didn't question. The shepherds didn't think, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve God's love and affection. They were like, yes, let's go right now. My, uh, my mom is quite, she's very good at reminding me that she loves me. I'm very blessed about that. Hi, mom, if you're watching, by the way. The, um, but like when I was a kid, you kind of hear that and you're like, oh, that's all very nice. You love me, cool and then I'll go off and play football or whatever. But it wasn't until some point in like, uh, ta- just the first year of Talia's life that I kind of realized how much I love Talia. And then I'm like, actually, when my mom tells me how much she loves me, and then I'm telling Talia how much I love her, I'm like, my mom loves me as much as I love Talia? And it kind of gave me a new perspective on how much God loves me as well. And it's so easy to just kind of be like, oh, that's nice, God loves me, and then carry on about my day. But actually, we have to receive that gift of love that God is offering us. And I don't know how many Christmases we've all been through where God has given us this gift of love, and we've kind of just left it under the tree. And we haven't unwrapped it and been like, oh my gosh, I want to receive this. Because if someone wants to love you, the best thing you can do is let them. There's nothing humble about not letting someone love you. Some, sometimes we're like, oh, that's so nice that you love me, but I'm, I'm not good enough. Like, no, that, that's not humility. That's not allowing them to love you the way that they want to love you. And I want to love Charlie, and I want her to receive my love, the same as I want to make sure that I'm conscious of receiving love from my mom and from God as well. So it's something that we can receive that but it's a free gift that God has given us. But we have to open that gift. Amen. You can be a bit like, help me out. <laughs>
And the second point is this. Because God loves us, we can love one another. It's probably my verse of the year so far. It's just the verse that's kind of come up the most number of times in my studies and conversations that I've been having with people is the verse in the Bible. It comes up three times in the Bible. So a little Bible lesson for you if you don't know too much about the Bible. Um, the New Testament starts with four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are known as the Gospels. Each of them are an account of Jesus' life. So it's the same story from four different point of views. Um, three of those, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the Synoptic Gospels because they're quite similar. And there's a lot of stories or lessons um, in there that are kind of consistent across all three of them. And this is one of them. It comes in Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 10, when someone asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love your neighbor, love God, and love, and essentially, love God and love others. You can, I'm sure you can, I, I don't know if it's on the screen, if you can read that. But that is my verse of the year, and that is my message for today. God loves you, love each other. And love is a doing word. It's not just, I love you, come and give me a hug, okay, we'll go away. Love is getting to know each other, is investing time in each other's lives, in caring deeply about each other, in noticing where people are maybe struggling in something or need something or just need encouragement and just and doing that and stepping out and taking the initiative to love them and hugs as well. I mean, I like hugs, so. It's also not thinking too highly of ourselves. It says also in Ephesians 4, when it lists all the things that love is, love is not proud. So if maybe at Christmas you're struggling with a bit of pride, maybe you're saying, well, I can't love that person because they're not very lovely, or they haven't been nice to me, then maybe see if you can overcome that barrier and actually be the first to show some love. Because God was the first to show some love. It says in... John, somewhere, I think it was John 4, where it says, yeah, 1 John 4 verse 10, this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So even when we were unlovely and not very nice to him and didn't want to receive the present that he was giving, and maybe actively went out to sabotage any of his plans, he still loved us. And he still gave us this Christmas gift. And if you don't want to, if you don't realize that yet, then receive that this Christmas, that gift that God has given you. And it's very easy to do. All you got to do is believe that it's real. You got to believe that Jesus came and that he was God in the flesh that came on this incredible mission to save us, to believe it in your heart and to confess it with your mouth that that's what you believe. And that is all it takes for you to have a personal relationship with him, to invite God and come and have that personal relationship and he can come and live not, in, not next to you, not like the next house, not someone on your WhatsApp contacts, but come and live actually inside your heart so you can have him all the time with you when you receive that gift. 
And that's all it takes is for you to say that prayer, to say, Jesus, I am not perfect, but you are perfect. And I believe that you came to save sinners, and I am a sinner. Please come and live in my heart, and I want to live my best life for you. And then I want to go to heaven as well when I die. So what's the main point? God wants to be with us. From the Garden of Eden, to Temple of Jerusalem, to the manger in Bethlehem, to the cross at Calvary, all of these things, God wants to be with us. And the whole Bible is a love story. It's a love story about how much God loves us. There's a lot of pages in this book. That's like over a thousand pages of how much God loves us. So I'd encourage you to read as much of that over Christmas as well. Because God loves you. He desires you strongly, passionately, not because of what you have done or haven't done, but because He made you and He loves you. So open love this Christmas. Receive that. Keep it in your head so that you know it, keep it in your heart where you can stow it and keep it in your hands where you can show it. Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming. I love you as well. God loves you. We're going to eat. Thank you so much for coming. Amen. I think it can get louder than that. Let's try it again.